Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And I'm always scouring the globe looking for entrepreneurs, thought leaders on the cutting edge, making an impact. So today's topic is going to be all about Web3. Um, and I have a special guest here, Clemens Behrens from uh, Vienna, Austria. And it's going to be a great conversation. He helps Web3 companies to improve their customer experience. He's got an economics background, really fascinating. And I'm happy to welcome him to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Christopher. It's an honor to be here. Real quick, uh, you know, founders, Web3 companies, um, uh, Metaverse, Blockchain, they have these very interesting backgrounds, especially in economics. Tell people how you got started and we'll go from there. Oh, wow. How I get started. So the whole story, like it's almost like 12 years ago. So how did I get started? Like with the whole crypto and metaverse thing. So in my youth, I was very interested into gaming. So I played like an online game, which was called Guild Wars. It's the same as World of Warcraft. I assume everybody knows World of Warcraft. So everyone has now a picture in mind. And when I played this game, I did like two things. So one thing I was, I used like bots to farm like items in this game, to resell them on eBay, to get like some pocket money. And on the other side, what I did in these games, I start trading the items within this game and sell, buy, buy them at the lower price and sell them at the higher price. So, and then later I expanded like this business. So I realized I could do the same like with like computer games with these gaming keys that you need to activate these games. So I bought them like at one store and sold them like at another store. And this was my first touch point with customer service. And I still cannot believe until today, like why people went like on some forum and bought the keys like for me. And I did like like that customer service. And I think I gained like within like two or three years, like almost like 200 reviews, 5.0 stars. So almost perfect. I think I never got like a disappointed customer. So this was like really amazing. But I relied very heavily on one payment method. So like PaySafe cards. So not want to say anything against them. They were great. But at some point they introduced like some change of rules. So like some KYC and MLA rules, as we know from crypto today. So even back then I had the same struggle. So then I got like this issue, like with how I can process the payments quickly. And then a friend of mine showed me Bitcoin. And it was like in 2013. And back then, like everything was really small. And it was after the Morgox collapse. So people were really 
pessimistic about it. But nevertheless, in Germany, I had the luck there was like one marketplace around and I did then my first trade. So I bought for like 10 euros, like 0.1 Bitcoin. So really amazing and really funny that I bought like with 10 euros because I was, was in my youth. I didn't have more money. So this was like the money that I had to invest in crypto. I think I invested then like a little bit more later. And then like in this first hype, I really got lucky. So I got like out like at this thousand dollar or thousand euro, but it was back then it was like pure luck, nothing to do with my skills. But nevertheless, um, I discovered Bitcoin then. And then I was like, how does this thing work? So I had like two choices what to do. One was like studying computer science and the other one was like doing pure economics. But like with computer science, you need a lot of maths and everything. And then I decided for pure economics, just to realize you also need a lot of maths and physics and everything. Same thing. So I did this like for um, a few years, also wrote my thesis about it. And then the same friend who told me about Bitcoin back then, he then told me about like Bitpanda, who published like a job. And like for everyone who doesn't know Bitpanda, and Bitpanda is like the European equivalent to like Coinbase. So then I scaled up like the customer service from almost nothing to like up to 130 people. We became like a unicorn, very successful. And then like half a year ago, the same friend who introduced me to Bitcoin, who brought me to Bitpanda. Now we started a company together. Um, so you can see like we are really working on this crypto thing through all the ups and downs together. And now we are providing like four services to founders. So the first thing what we realized, especially for like CFOs, they have very often a hard time to understand why they should invest in customer service. So we help customer service team translate numbers like, I don't know, we have 100, ticket in back, 100 tickets in backlog, but nobody can really imagine like, is it a lot, is it less? So we translate it in financial number. So that's the first thing what we do. The second thing what we do, we help people like with customer retention. So that they can just keep the customer. Of course, we also help with customer acquisition. And the last point is like ease of use, what brings us also back like to the, to the metaverse topic. So having like everything like frictionless embedded within the product. And this is like where I also see like the future of customer service, especially in the metaverse. When you need help in the metaverse, you don't want to go out on some website and close everything or take off your VR headset. You want to get help within the metaverse. This is very fascinating because um, I have a similar story. I was, uh, we have, uh, because I went to school with Brian Armstrong and um, back then. Oh, he, wow. Yeah. And we went to Rice University together. Uh, we were acquainted through social circles and um, like uh, I got into Bitcoin through Coinbase. That was when I purchased my first Bitcoins. Um, and uh, like I said, it's, it's all, uh, you know, it's really, this area is so fascinating because there's like so much work being done and it's like people with like computer science, economics, some of the smartest minds are working in this field. And um, I know it's gotten a lot of, um, you know, bad rap with bad actors and, you know, scams, yeah. but a lot of people doing some really good work there. But, um, and then he told me about Ethereum. So I got, I got into ah. it, uh, but this is really fascinating. I'm really glad we were able to connect. Um, and uh, yeah, this whole area. So we, you know, um, tell us more about uh, AI because I know ChatGPT came and customer support and um, or yeah, yeah. Tell us more. Yeah, so ChatGPT was really like a game changer. I yeah. think it really gave me like even 
direction in life, what I want to do. So I did, luckily I did something with AI before also doing my time at Bitpanda. We made like dashboards where the feedback was collected. And then like, it was like based on sentiment volume. So the product manager knew like where to search for the issues or we had like real time alerts. So for instance, customers talking on social media, help, help, I'm getting scammed or whatever. And then we get like a real time alert in Slack because it's a sensitive topic. So these were the things that we do. But when you talk about Ethereum, I have like one question for you. So did you also notice back then like the thing with the hard fork of Ethereum Classic and Ethereum and like, what was your feeling about them? Because this was something for me, I totally stayed away from Ethereum and then like stick to Bitcoin. And I think this is like maybe one of the few regrets that I have in my crypto life. Yeah, no, the reason what appealed to me with Ethereum was uh, the, uh, it sounded the way it was um, described, it was a decentralized internet, all the major applications, Web3, DeFi, non-fungibles would be building and that was where all the developers were going. And so uh, just from a use case standpoint, I and it was it's cheap back then. I think it was like a couple dollars or whatnot. Uh, and and just from the, basically a network adoption, um, network effects, that's why I mm-hmm. went into it. And because mainly with all these new technologies, it's who, who's going to have the market share. Um, and then, you know, as, then the value gets teased out. But uh, that's why that's what um, attracted to me. But, you know, Ethereum, the fees were super they were outrageous i'm a worse worse than like um western union and it was like kind of like why why am i using it if the fees are so high you know it's like kind of yep. <laughs> defeats the purpose but now with the merge it's actually gone down significantly so it's much better yeah that's also the thing like i have like some friends which are trading like full-time they yeah. showed me at some point how much they spent in their life like on gas fees and i think like okay you cannot tell like anyone in real life like with a regular job like i paid like in some virtual network like a few thousands only on gas fees i think there was like once like this airdrop yeah airdrop was based on like the used gas fees like this was also crazy because then people all flexed like how much they spent on gas fees yeah yeah it's crazy uh and then especially like when there was one uh nft drop with the other the other side deed and it was like the gas fees i heard it was like two thousand three thousand dollars i was like this this is outrageous you know that's crazy they're like the one from 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 ape coin like or from the borrowed apes like this other side like yeah, two thousand yeah. wow i didn't know yeah it was it was nuts i was like i was like this is outrageous you know <laughs> so um but people people paid those fees and it was it was just crazy but um yeah so talk talk about like for example the customer experience um you know uh, web3 especially crypto you know kind of the you know because you typically customer experience was like you talk called into somebody or now it's like a chat bot so how is customer experience evolving with like web3 ai uh, crypto all of this mm-hmm. so maybe let's um talk about like chat gbt what they did so amazing because like before then before chat gbt was released the major chatbots they couldn't read like the whole conversation they only related to the last message and this is like why chat gbt is doing so great it understands like the whole conversation so like with chatbots before they were like not like capable of doing so and i think that's what makes like the great success but overall what's also important 
people usually don't like to talk to an AI, especially when they know it. And then like they get like a proper solution, but you tell it it's like delivered by AI and then like the customer satisfaction drops. So for instance, there was like a case study where like customer support team was replaced by ChatGPT and it didn't tell the customer and the CSET ratings were actually better because like, of course, the AI never gets tired, gets all the context, gets all the information together. Of course, when the AI, talking also about the limitations, needs to create something new, that's what an AI can cannot do. So people also need to be aware of that limitation. And I really believe that like to a certain degree, AI can like enhance the customer agents and or like the community agents or like the people who are actually serving the customers and not like replacing them. Because in the end, you will always need like a human touch. Of course, there are like then people who say like you can create like virtual voices, virtual avatars, um, but that's maybe a little bit too much in the future, even if you already see that. Um, yeah, let's see how it will work out. Yeah, it's quite interesting, especially um, talking to Amazon customer service and um, especially like, for example, I just recently sent some feedback to Chipotle and basically it was all through a bot and they gave me some, you know, freebies and rebates and it was all done through bot. It was like quite very interesting. And then uh, like, if you can't resolve it, then it, it basically escalates to a human. Uh, That's the key to success with AI. You need always give them a way to quickly escalate to a human. If you can provide it, then feel free to go for a chat. But if you cannot do that, then maybe go for a contact form. Also on social media, for some reason, people are okay with chatbots, but like on your FAQ page, people are less likely okay with it. And also yeah. regarding collecting feedback, the key yeah. to collecting feedback as like manager is make the feedback in a way that it's less effort to fill out the survey and give the feedback instead of like closing the window. So yeah. that's like the key to success of collecting feedback. Yeah. What what overall uh, support trends do you see in the uh, customer service industry? You know, some you give some examples and what kind of trends are you seeing? To be honest, the customer support industry is not that innovative. <laughs> like very often, like repeating and cycles and trends are coming back. So the first thing what I see is like this omni-channel support. People want to write on their preferred social media channel. So talking about like Web3, where maybe can also give out like a shout out here. I'm not really working with them together. It's like Mava.app. So that we can also give like some Web3 examples. What they are doing, they are implementing options to contact customer support via Discord, Twitter, and so on. And they connect it with on-chain data so that you can also identify the customer. Because the biggest issue, what we always had as customer support team, and somebody is writing to us on social media, we don't really know if it's really the person who they pretend to. And especially <laughs> in an industry with like a lot of scams, then you always have to tell them, please contact us by email. And they are like, no, I'm angry. I want to complain on Twitter and public because I think I have more leverage. But that's like the thing, what I think we need to overcome. So like providing on social media, the customer support and being able to verify that we are really talking to the right person that we can then in the user account, in the exchange account, really do the changes. Because the worst thing what can happen when somebody writes to us, please approve my transaction on social media, we approve it, and then it was like somebody else. And usually the current solution, what every customer support team is doing, like writing them, please submit a ticket, write us an email. And this is just like too much effort and people hate it. 
uh, in the yeah, it's quite interesting. It's um, you know, everything is developing, and especially the customer support and customer experience is kind of like you got you have to like um, gauge where along in the customer journey, and you know, usually people you know go to customer support if they once you know everything fails, and um, so it's quite a interesting industry. And if you can really um, dominate this market, you can position your company to uh do better which companies are in your opinion or uh is doing the best support and why so to give a very cheesy answer of <laughs> course it was the panda because i set it up there the customer support no, just kidding of course i have to say that um example for amazing customer experience maybe it's companies who everybody knows are starbucks and mcdonald's we all know Starbucks are not selling the best coffee in the world. And McDonald's are not selling the best burgers in the world. But what we know, like, for instance, when we go to a Starbucks, we get like our coffee, like it makes the job. And also we go there and they write our name on the cup. So we have the personalization. Sometimes we write a funny name on it and we giggle and even have fun. And then we pay an overpriced price on coffee of like five or six dollars on like one um, cup or whatever. So I think Starbucks is doing like a great custom experience also with like simple things as providing VLAN or like yeah, wireless network to, to all the customers. And I think the same is like with McDonald's. It's not like they are making the best burgers, but you know, like no matter in which country you go and you order the Big Mac, it's always the same Big Mac, right? That's also why they make this Big Mac index to track inflation around the globe because it's, you know what you get and you will also not be disappointed. And the next thing in improving custom experience, especially at, at McDonald's, what they made, like these monitors where you can order, so they decreased stuff and also they managed that like these people who are always on their phone and not really want to talk to real persons anymore can also skip that part of going there and to speak to a person and to bother there and they just have the monitor and skip this whole part. So, yeah. I think like Starbucks and McDonald's are two good examples. And also now to make the bridge to Web3, because that's what the audience want to hear. With <laughs> Web3, Starbucks did an amazing job with um, the Odyssey, like the loyalty program. They made it like on Web3. I think they made it on the Polygon or on Matic. Yeah. And the thing was, the end user didn't realize it and didn't see that this has anything to do with crypto. But the yeah. Web3 community knew that this is running like on Web3, they were excited, made marketing of it. And the customer base was maybe anti-crypto because they bought in 2017 or 2021, maybe the top because they had FOMO and now they don't want to hear something about crypto. They see the normal loyalty program and they don't think, oh no, now Starbucks is trying to scam me also with crypto <laughs> stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's funny because, um, because crypto gets a bad rap because I think... Um, the media touts it because they want to focus on the speculative part and they want to focus on the scams and the fraud uh, and then they don't they never talk about the innovation so it confuses the people now uh, but i think the what's going to happen for mainstream is like you know the big brands like starbucks or puma nike when they were reddit you know instagram when they start incorporating all of these um nfts into it and try to onboard you know people for real use case and that's when it's going to 
take off but we still still early so <laughs> um yeah yeah and also one thing that drives me crazy with crypto especially in germany in germany we are very obsessed with the environment as you can see like the green parties even in the government so people love to care about the environment the thing is with bitcoin they always say like oh, it's bad for the environment and so on i mean like okay they got some points but energy how it's created is usually neutral you cannot say like what type of energy was put in but yeah. now we have this trend with ai and chat gbt and nobody is talking about that like with ai you also have to use a lot of energy yeah yeah and it's uh, crazy <laughs> yeah it's it's i think it's um a lot of misinformation is like it's like it reminds me of the tobacco companies and then now the gun companies and now the uh automobile companies you know everything around like climate change and you know cancer and you know all this and um uh, it, it's quite interesting then but you know texas is doing a lot of work with the energy grid trying to incorporate bitcoin as kind of yeah. like store it's in fascinating what types of work is being done so um yeah. I mean, there are also ways sometimes where like energy is just thrown away or not used for anything. And then they could use that energy to mine Bitcoin to get like some return instead of like losing money. And one of the craziest story what I ever heard like was like at some Bitcoin meetup in Munich like a few years ago where one guy explained that they put it like a lot of miners beyond a school, um, no, below a school in Romania to heat it. There was like this this heat coming out of the miners and they just used it and recycled it to heat the buildings. Yeah, I love this conversation. Um, you know, as we wrap up, what's your uh, latest obsession, you know, preferably from a personal point of view and how can people contact you, get in touch with you, check check you out? Yeah, so latest obsession as it always was, always be like customer service because I think it's a great thing when you can make out a living of like actually helping people. <laughs> They appreciate it. So, of course, I'm not doing this like without any self-interest. Let's be honest about it. So um, people can find me on LinkedIn. I post there daily on topics as like customer service, customer success, community management, AI, and Web3. So please make sure to follow me there. And you can like write me a DM. And also you can reach me on my website. It's Web3, I repeat, Web3. CXIO. And as I said in the beginning, we offer like mainly four services for our customer. One is like AOI management, the other one is customer retention, then customer acquisition, and also like the ease of use of service, especially like uh, the keyword here is like customer effort. Yeah. And let's, uh, for all the audience out there, you know, this is the cutting edge. Again, there's a difference between speculation and utility. We're, we're talking about utility. Uh, really use cases. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, this is all educational information purposes. Be sure to follow Clemens um, on all of his um, social, especially LinkedIn, and all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, uh, thanks so much, Clemens. It was a fantastic conversation and it's really a small world. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Christopher. It was a really enjoyable talk and I hope your audience will like the podcast. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week